You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Double tackle, take the defensive end if he's over. If he's back, you drive down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. You're right by this and feel this back. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us at Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. We may have Jacob hop on here uh, in just a bit as well. Who knows, Emilio might slide in um, to join us uh, also. But we'll uh, we'll kind of muscle through without them in case they don't uh, drop in. But, Tim, how are you doing this evening, bud? Doing great, man. It's a beautiful day in Green Bay. Um, Sunday night football eve. Excited. Uh, ready to take care of business, man. How you doing, Clayton? How was your day? It's good, man. It was good. Just a lot of football. Uh, watched a lot of a lot of college football. Seen Bama, you know, beat Georgia, upset them. That was absolutely awesome. Um, I'm kind of a, a closet Saban fan, you know. Um, he, he's taken it on the chin the last couple of years, and I like to see him kind of battle back. And anybody – you know, that's still doing doing what they love and doing it at a high level at the age that he is, he got mad respect for. So oh, yeah. I find myself kind of under my breath rooting for him unless he's playing Kentucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's uh, that's kind of how it is. But, man, we got a packed house in here tonight. We got Dead Fish. We've got Eric Sutherland, Robert Allen, Zane Strong, Doug up in here, uh, Carly Ray, Larry's in the house, M. Smitty, Jennifer Wright, Chris N., Chet, United Bates. What's up, Bates? Good to see you, buddy. Bates in the house. Yeah, man. We got all kinds of people in here tonight. Guys, I'm just going to full disclaimer here, okay? Battling some kind of a borderline migraine. So we're going to muscle through. I apologize for being low energy. We're gonna Were you watching Justin game. Fields tape again, man? Yeah, man. You know, it's tough. Happened? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that'll give you a headache for sure, man. That, that with the bright lights here for the setup in the studio. And I'll tell you what, man. It was about I don't know, about 45 minutes before we were supposed to go live, it just started – I'm talking about it started knocking right back here, man, right here. Ugh, so brutal. I went down and got some kerosene, you know what I mean, try to there wash you go. the There you go. So as soon as we're done here, Papaw Bailey's hitting the sack. That's that's, what, <laughs> that's what's happening tonight. But All right, let's do this. First of all, we got some news that dropped today. Um, obviously, uh, Adam Scheffner reported – it was earlier today – uh, Chiefs have ruled out running back Jarek McKinnon for Sunday night's game at Green Bay due to his groin injury and elevated running back uh, Deneric, I think is how you say it, Prince, from the practice squad. So we don't have to worry about McKinnon, which I think that's great news. We talked about how the uh, uh, Pat Mahomes' passer rating when targeting McKinnon is extremely high, I believe one of the one of the top three on the team, if I remember correctly. So it's nice to, for them not to have that third down weapon, although we all know – you know, Pacheco is a solid running back, so they're not going to miss 
you know, I would I, if I could choose between the two, Tim, I guess what I'm trying to say, I would rather Pacheco miss than McKinnon, but this is still good news for the Packers, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I half expected that, you know, we can get into detail a little later here, but Kansas City likes to throw the ball. And I thought, you know, given our run defense, um, you know, our <laughs> our run defensive uh, history, um, you know, maybe the Chiefs would try to exploit, um, you know, us in the run game and maybe run the ball on us. But, um, you know, being down McKinnon, you know, he's more of a pass catching threat, as you have stated. Um, and uh, now I often wonder with um, Pacheco and uh, what's their other back, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You know, maybe they take a run run by committee approach and try and grind out some ground yards uh, against us. So I think we should be ready for that Um, because I see that as a way that Kansas City could kind of catch us off guard. You know, if we're scheming and practicing, watching, you know, the the four day uh, last four games of uh, their play and we're getting ready for this pass heavy offense, wouldn't wouldn't that be just an Andy Reid thing to do and come out and just pound the run? So. Um, I hope the guys are ready uh, for any and everything uh, tomorrow night for sure. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. They like to stay in 13 personnel quite a bit. Um, are they going to, you know, they're going to commit to running the ball? They they have here lately, um, which is kind of odd because on the year, you know, obviously they don't have a very high run rate. As a matter of fact, um, we'll get to that in a second, actually. But, um, you know, they, they like to run at 13 personnel, which has kind of got me wondering how is Barry going to respond to that? Is he just going to go 34 jam and put a safety in the box, or is he going to go maybe a 4-4 look or a 5-2 look? Like, I imagine he would go 4-4 before he would go 5-2. But um, if I had to put my money on it, Tim, I would say 34 jam with the safety in the box probably be the way he'll approach that. But With a J.O. or Savage or somebody probably? Yeah, I think so. That's the other thing, too. I'm kind of looking up going, I wonder if Savage plays the slot. You know what I mean? Like, we forget that he played that a lot last year. We think we got to go off of the most recent – information which earlier this year he he played safety right so he, he played in the box kind of played that quote-unquote strong safety with Rudy Ford patrolling deep when they were playing spinner I don't know though man um what do you think uh, you know I think that the it might be tempting to utilize him in the slot as a way to kind of like lighten the load with Keyshawn a little bit especially considering that you know as of late J.O. has played well and uh Anthony Johnson Jr. has played pretty darn good football back there uh, in a pinch. So, I mean, maybe we have flexibility there, you know, and then, you know, hopefully Jair is uh, going to go, you know, and we, we're, we're, we're back with some extra help on the boundary. Maybe that's the time, but you know, my gut is telling me like if, if he, if in fact he does play ball, you know, his first game back, like you said, let's go to the most recent, you know, tape. I mean, he's been playing safety, you know, so I don't, I don't see them bringing him back off of IR and, and mixing it up right away. But he is a veteran, one of the few that we have on this team. And, uh, you know, veterans are guys that you can ask to do things like this. So, um, you know, I I could see it, but it would be surprising. Uh, More than likely, I think we're going to see him, like you said, on the strong side there at safety. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Um, Of course, we know one or two injuries and everything gets flipped upside down. You know what I mean? So if, if for some reason Keyshawn were to go out of the game at some point, I hope that doesn't happen. We need his return skill like something mad. I think Savage will probably play play that that slot in the pinch, you know, but it's going to be interesting to see 
What's up, Badger Trio? Appreciate you swinging through. I like Doug here as we uh, we hit this tweet from Ryan Woods. says, Packers <laughs> activated safety. Darnell Savage off an hour, meaning he should be good to go against the Chiefs. Ideal timing with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey coming to town. They also elevated fullback Henry Pearson and running back James Robinson from the practice squad to the active roster for game day. And Doug in the chat says, we now have a true fullback. Interesting. Tim, you spotted this right out of the gate, didn't you, man? <laughs> yeah, it's like you just take your pen and make that X and you, you cross out T-E and you just write F-B and bam, you've got a fullback. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing because, you know, they they converted, quote unquote, converted this year, right, during training camp and said, all right, no, DeGuara's listed on the depth chart as a fullback. Then halfway through the season, all of a sudden you look at the, the depth chart and you go, wait a minute, there's no fullback anymore. DeGuara's a tied in again. That's interesting. And now you elevate. Henry Pearson, and we got a fullback again. So um, <laughs> it's all semantics. There's no doubt about it. Um, he's going to be that guy that if they do to try to go, if they do decide to go 21 personnel, he'll be back there in the backfield. What it tells me is pretty much, pretty much bank on the fact that Josiah DeGuar is going to be inactive, right, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. It is funny though. We talked about it this morning, right? We about you know we were talking about San Francisco how they they're kind of that one of the last teams that has a true fullback. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we have a true fullback now magically. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, but I guess we'll see based on the play, right? You can be listed as whatever you want. It's what you're doing on the field. But I think you're right. I think it tells us a little more about Josiah DeGuara's status than it does about anything else. And, um, you know, we'll see. Hopefully Pearson does a good job and, uh, you know, being elevated from the practice squad doesn't necessarily mean it's a long-term thing. So time will tell. Yeah, for sure. Badger trio says too bad. We're getting snow here tonight and tomorrow morning. We should wait until the game time. That's what I was hoping for too, trio. Um, but yeah, the forecast right now, tomorrow's high is 36 degrees. Um, they're expecting one to three inches of snow, 90% chance of snow showers. And then of course, by tomorrow night, it's a, a low of 24 with only a 14% chance of snow showers. Who knows, though, Tim? Maybe it'll get pushed back a little bit. I haven't looked at the hourly here. Some of you guys are going, why do y'all care so much about the weather? Because it's Lambeau Field, baby. you got to have a little bit of snow flying, man. Um, let's see here. The game kicks off at 8. Yeah, probably not going to be seeing any snow during game time, but there'll be some good shots around the stadium, I'm sure, because it's cold enough, Tim. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hang around for a little bit, right? You're muted, buddy. Uh, I think so. One thing I noticed since moving up here is that uh, they're pretty accurate with these like weather predictions. Um, yeah. But the time, the timing can vary um, right. quite a bit. So could it come early? It could come early. It could come late too. Um, it all depends. Uh, at least that's been my experience in the, you know, the few months that I've been up here since moving, moving up to uh, the Green Bay area that, uh, you know, they hit it off the park with the predictions, but man, the timing can be, Pretty variable, so we'll see. Heck yeah, yeah. I would like to see a little snow fly. Maybe we'll get get a few flurries hanging around. That would be cool. Now, Eric Sutherland in the chat said we bring in we bring in Amos if he clears waivers. No thanks for me. Um, how do you feel about that, Tim? Are you interested in bringing in Amos? I think Eric's I'm, pretty much saying nah. I'm with Eric. I'm yeah. with Eric on that one, man. You know, I think there's a reason we. Uh, well, I I wouldn't say sent him packing. What was we basically just didn't offer him anything, right? Right. Just kind of let him walk test the market. He ended up where he ended up with everyone else that ended up there. So um, I don't know, but again, you know, we just made the, con I just made a comment about, you know, there's veterans are kind of few and far between on this team. I mean, he would be another veteran player. 
Um, maybe adding someone like that late in the year can uh, create a little stability back there. Um, but then again, you know, we look at Amos's tape last year, um, we kind of say a lot of the things we said about, you know, Savage and maybe some of these other guys that have been a little inconsistent. Um, so, no, I'm not – that doesn't make me excited. How about you? What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, last year I was going to try to pull his PFF grade up real quick. Maybe I'll try to do that just to see what he's ranking now. But last year he was he was booty cheeks. The whole safety room was really um, – let me see if I can pull it up here. Adrian – actually, let me just go Amos. Um, yeah, so last year I know he struggled, uh, especially down the stretch there. And it was like, man, what what is going on with this safety play, right? Um, you know, I – do I think he's better than Savage? I probably got to say, yeah, to be honest with you, Tim. A little bit, a um, little bit. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Now, is he better than Anthony Johnson Jr.? I would say yes right now, but you're robbing Anthony Johnson Jr. of those reps. Obviously, kind of a quote-unquote progress stopper that Bill Parcells used to talk about. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many snaps exactly he's got. Let me see here. Total snaps. Yeah, so he's got – this year he's got, what, 260 – Looks like 264 snaps, and he's grading out as a 72.7 with a run defense grade of 88. Well, hold on there now. <laughs> Tim said, I can be sold on this. Hold on, especially now if, let's say, what ha- what we just discussed as a possible scenario does in fact happen. If, if Darnell Savage sees some time in the slot, yeah. now you might sell me on bringing Adrian Amos back to Green Bay. Um, to stick back there at, as a as a true safety. Um, however, I think if we get to that point, that's going to mean something went pretty wrong for us. So hopefully that that scenario doesn't play out. But yeah, the the PFF grade right now is pretty interesting, right? I mean, we can talk about last year's tape all we want. Let's talk about last month's tape, and you know it's a little more recent. And uh, you know if he's doing good against the run and making tackles, grading out you know higher than seventy. That's uh, That'd be a bright spot in in that uh, part of our defense right now. So, yeah, um, I don't know, man. Bring him in, kick the tires. You know, uh, like you, you said, they didn't make him an offer. It's kind of like that. You know, you uh, you connected with a with a uh, a lady friend, right? And you're like, hey, yeah, we'll get together sometime. And the call just never happened, right? I bet that's what Goody said. Hey, we'll be in touch. And he threw the number away. That's what it seemed like, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I you're kind of coming down the stretch here, going on a potential playoff run, which still blows my mind that we're even talking about that. It's absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, what you got to ask yourself is he is he better than the bottom of the roster, right? And I think I feel real comfortable saying yeah, you know, yeah. Um, as long as it's not taking a quote unquote special teams, uh, you know, uh, ace out of the equation because he's probably not going to play special teams, he and Adrian Amos, but um, probably wouldn't be a bad idea to kick the tires, um, especially after seeing that PFF grade. Now, if I looked at the PFF grade and it was in the fifties, I'd probably go, eh, yeah, let's just, right. let's keep it moving. So, um, but yeah, that Badger trio said not game of snow is amazing. It really is. We got to see it the last two years. I went to green Bay. We had snow showers during the game, uh, not games too. And it was absolutely awesome. Uh, Badger Trio says 32 degrees, perfect temperature for football. It really is. Uh, Chad Inc. Snow and Lambo is magical. Um, Badger Trio would love have success with 32 and below weather. We will see. You know, it, and it's it's funny too because Carly Ray kind of. I, I immediately wanted to say, yeah, he's young. He should be all right, Tim. He should be all right in the cold weather. You know what I mean? I know he grew up in Cali, but you know, young people can handle the cold a lot better than us old geezers, right? Um, Carly Ray says, I'm actually a little nervous with the possibility of our rookies playing in the snow. 
So immediately I go, yeah, I guess so, right? You know, these guys haven't haven't gotten that used to the to the surface at Lambeau Field yet. Maybe they would struggle. Now, what I do like about the people they drafted, Lucas Van Ness played Iowa. He's used to the cold, right? Jaden Reed, Michigan State, he's darn sure used to the cold. Yep. Um, what are some of the other rookies that we got this year that's uh, – that's kind of contributing here. Um, Tay Wicks, where did Tay Wicks play? Remind me. You remember, Tim? I've got oh, some. I would just don't. don't <laughs> no comment. I don't have that. I got you right. Here. I'm going to look it up. I need to know. I'm telling you, I'm really excited about Dontavian Wicks, man. Um, he's just he's one of those guys. He just pops off the screen, bro. Um, let's see here. College. Let's see where he went to school at. I'm sure somebody in there. University of Virginia. So yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Kind of chilly down here in Virginia, too. So um, I wouldn't be so much concerned about it, Carly Ray. I think, it, you know, you got to kind of you got to kind of pick your pick your poison, right? Would you rather have someone be old or young playing in the cold? I'd definitely lean toward young because we've seen what happened to Favre at the end of his career. Obviously, wasn't the same player in the snow, in the cold. Uh, Aaron, you could kind of see it, too. That 49ers game, I just oh, I can God. still see Lazard running wide open across the middle. And him just heaving it up to Tay D. He looked, he looked cold in that game. He looked cold in that game, Tim. Oh, I was there, man. You, Were you really? Yeah, I was there. I was there. Oh, I'm reliving it in my head now. That what's the that, first thing that comes to mind as you're reliving it? First thing that comes to mind. Um, special no teams, disa- special teams disaster, costing yeah. us the game. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo running off Lambos, dropping f bombs at. At Packer fans, that that rubbed me the wrong way. And yeah, um, Aaron looked like a brittle old man out there in the cold. He looked he looked like he couldn't wait for the for the puffy jacket on the sideline. Um, you know, and I think that's you know one of the things when I think of Jordan Love, this is an advantage we have to a first year starter, third year player here. This is not his first rodeo at Lambeau Field when it's cold. Granted, being a backup is a little different. Um, but he's not a stranger, even being a California kid, he's not a stranger to what these games are like. So that gives me hope. And then, like you said about the, uh, the hand size, you know, that, that advantage, uh, gripping the ball, you know, a guy like that, maybe he's got to go a little tighter on his grip as opposed to, uh, that loose, relaxed grip you want with that, that space in between your palm and the ball. Sometimes you gotta maybe put a little extra purchase on it, uh, when you're slinging it. Um, but I think Jordan's going to do just fine out there and Hey, you know, both teams got to play in it, you know, and these are two teams that, you know, Kansas city's not afraid of cold weather. I mean, Arrowhead gets snowy and cold all the time too. So I I don't think the weather's going to play as much of a factor as we'd like to think. Um, you know, maybe we'd be talking differently if we had like, you know, the Miami dolphins coming to town or something. Um, so, uh, hopefully it's not a, not a sloppy mess out there, but, uh, you know, cause my main concern when I think of that is injury, you know, looking at our team in this, right. this injury report carousel, or, uh, as Jake Chavink says, the, the CVS receipt injury <laughs> report, you know, that's where I get nervous. Cause that's where you tweak the hamstring or the ankle or, you know, those nagging injuries come back to bite you. And then like you said too, in the cold, man, anything that hurts is going to hurt more. I don't care what you're dealing with, you know? So, yeah, we'll see, man. Get out of there with a dub and get out of there without an injury. And yeah. that's two wins there for sure. Absolutely. We got a got a crowd in here tonight. If you guys would hit that like button for us, help other Packer fans find this channel and find this content. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us on this glorious uh cha- college football championship Saturday evening. Here is looks like Michigan Iowa just got kicked off. 
Um, I mean, I think that was actually the very first play of the game right there. So we'll keep you guys up to date on that Big Ten championship for sure. Is this still called the Big Ten? Do you know, Tim? You don't watch much college, do you, Tim? Not much of a college guy. I, I believe it's still the Big Ten. I, who knows, though, right? These conferences change so much. It's hard to keep up with, man. It really is. I got people in the Southeastern Conference that are all the way across the country. I'm going, how does this even make sense? Why are we still calling it the SEC? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Larry in the chat says, was it the Seahawks game a couple years ago and a lot of snow snow started to fall in the fourth quarter just as it got dark? It was beautiful. Absolutely. It was crazy. I was there in in Lambeau for that game. The sunset, and it was absolutely gorgeous. We got awesome pictures of this pink sky as the sunset, and then it was like, as soon as the sun disappeared, as soon as that sky turned dark, the snow started to fall. Crowd went crazy. Just such a really – it's such a great atmosphere in Lambeau, man. It's just – there's no place like it for sure. The Cathedral um, of Professional Football, man. Yeah. It is. I mean, Pat Mahomes called it the Mecca, you know, so th- that's good to see. You know, young guy with some respect. Um you know, honestly, I'll put Lambeau Field up against any venue in professional sports. Oh, dude, I've been to a lot too, Tim. I've been to a lot. It's there's there's nothing like Lambeau. Lambeau is just a magical place. There's yeah. something about those bleachers. There's something about the facade. All the names you look around you. The first time I did a stadium tour, there weren't many people on the tour, and I remember thinking it was just like you could feel people staring at you in the stadium. It's just like it's just a special place. Like like Pat Mahomes said, it's the mecca. You know, it is. Badger Trio said when Rogers pulled out that white turtleneck, you knew uh you knew as the other team your toast. He he had a lot of success with that turtleneck for sure, man. Um I remember him talking about that. I'm eager to see what love's gonna break out in the real cold weather. Tim, you think he'll go turtleneck or he'll just keep it sleeveless? What do you think love's gonna do? I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you what, you know, I I'd rather be warm than than a tough guy. I'll tell you that right now, especially when I'm if if I'm playing quarterback, right? You know, maybe that I think that was Rogers' attitude too. Like, oh, they can uh, they can make fun of me for the turtleneck all they want. See how they like it when I put five tutters on the board. You know, see how much fun they're going to make of me then. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll see a base layer. I would anticipate some kind of base layer from J Love, and then obviously uh, we'll have the uh, I don't know if he'll wear the the jersey with the hand warmer b- built in. Or if he's gonna have the little the belt like Rogers used to wear, um, I'm assuming something like that. Uh, keep the hands warm. So uh, let's go for function over aesthetic right here at this point. Uh, you amen. know, amen, so, my man. We'll see. Amen. As long as Jay Money's on point, I don't care what he's wearing. Right? You know, sleeveless right. if you want, man. I, it's, you know, we're not talking sub zero weather yet, so <laughs> who knows? Maybe it's maybe he is. And I can imagine it's still getting hot under that helmet too. You know, once you get moving, oh, yeah. the blood's pumping. You know, and then you're sweating, and if you're too constricted, you're gonna get cold from your own sweat. So, who knows? Some guys like to go a little, little leaner on their their base layers and than others. So, I guess I guess we'll get our answer tomorrow, right? Definitely. Uh, we got Jacob in here. He said he probably ain't gonna make it on the show. He's gonna get out of work late, but he says hashtag Tim's a Swifty. Much I don't listen too much Taylor Swift. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about Jacob that. Trying to get me, man. I, he probably mailed that package off already. <laughs> said he was going to send me a box box set of the the best of taylor swift so oh yeah all right it doesn't badger. get lost in the mail <laughs> badger trio in the chat says at this point goody's looking smart at not re-signing amos and lazard that lazard contract looking hideous looking absolutely hideous you know i remember talking about it specifically tim and i said six million six million would be the cap that i would put on lazard if you can get him for under six million i'm cool with them bringing him back 
And then yep. as soon as they said he signed for $10 million, I went, that's the going rate for receivers today. But I'll be damned if I'm paying that, man. So you, I agree with Badger Trio here. What about you, man? I mean, it seems like Goody has pulled many, many correct strings this uh, this past offseason. I mean, especially when you look at Lazard being a healthy scratch in in a lot of these games, you know, and just the the, the output and performance you've you've had from them, you know, and like and Cobby's kind of been the same story out there too. But you know, Randall's <laughs> is like you know kind of on the the twilight of his career here, and um, you know is going to contribute in different ways. But Alan Lazard is still a you know relatively young guy, right? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Zard's like 26, right? Something like that? Yeah, I, yeah I want to say that contract, the three-year deal he signed, it was a three- or a four-year deal. It would it would expire right as he hit 30, I believe, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. Yeah, so a guy like Alan Lazard, you're looking at to continue the, you know, the rise, and maybe he's kind of just flattened out here. I don't I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it makes you wonder. Um, you know, they don't – they got offensive line. I know we talk about our offensive line issues. My gosh, the New York Jets offensive line. I mean – there's issues right there. Any any receiver in that offense is going to struggle, uh, you know, just with the lack of timing and the ability to get the ball out that they've had. So, uh, but yeah, I think uh, Goody does look pretty smart right now for letting uh, letting Amos walk and and uh, not signing uh, Lazard as well. So yeah, for sure. Omer in the chat said, "Can you can get Amos cheap now?" It's what we talked about earlier. Omer, he said, "I take Amos over Savage." I completely agree with that. Deadfish said, good for Lazard getting 10 milli. Uh, comp pick, question mark. I'm pretty sure there's some compensa- compensation coming back for a couple of those guys that uh, that they let walk in free agency. So, uh, yeah, we'll be looking for those comp picks. And I'll tell you what, with some of the later round picks that Goody's hit on, Tim, you can't uh, – you can't just just foo foo those man. Those are those are turning out to be very valuable compensation when you're uh, 
when you're yep. kind of getting some of this uh, these comp picks for free agent signing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of picks in general we got coming our way, uh, regardless of what round, right? It looks like we're going to have uh, a big old uh, bag of um, draft picks in this draft coming up. I'm still suspecting that Goody might package a couple of them and make a trade. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how things pan out here going into the to the uh, 2024 NFL draft for sure. Yep. Jacob in the chat says, Favre, Mississippi, Rogers, California, love Utah. He's probably the most ready to take on the code. Let's go. Yeah, you know, he. Uh, I, I keep forgetting he went to school out there at Utah State, so it definitely got chilly out there. There's no doubt. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited about it, man, to see what he uh, see what he brings to the table in the cold weather. M. Smitty says, Zach Wilson not being able to throw out of a wet paper bag probably isn't helpful. <laughs> very, very good point, M. Smitty. Point and table. you know what? He's still a better quarterback than Justin Fields. Man, how about that? How about that right there? As a matter of fact, I think I got something to just top that off for you right here, Tim. Let me get everything set up. And the Bears still suck. <laughs> Badger Trio says, one thing I keep saying is, yes, we did not give Rodgers first-round wide receiver, but most years we gave him a great old line. And and you're right. He, he had a great old line pretty much his whole career, Badger Trio. But also, he had great receivers, too, even though they weren't first-rounders, right? I mean, you you compare the receivers he inherited when he took over as a starter, uh, comparatively speaking to Jordan Love's receivers that he's inherited. And I, in my opinion, it's not even close. You know, when you start talking about people like Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, James Jones, Jordy Nelson, Jermichael Finley, all those guys that he got to play with early on. Um, and who knows, man, we may be looking up in two, three, four years and saying – Hey, this receiver core is better. If so, don't be surprised if we don't get another Lombardi, you know, because That's uh, right. they, uh, Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks. I mean, I, I am so excited about those two young players, Luke Musgrave as well. And the fact that if you're excited about those, it means they're going to get noticed by the defense and the defense is going to start to kind of bend towards them. Think of what that does for Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, you know what I mean? Opening up the boundary and all that. So, um, going to be really, really interesting. Badger Trio also mentioned um, it's looking like Valentine is the still of the draft. Crazy, we got him in the seventh round. It's still a little early for me, Badger Trio, and I'm a big Kentucky fan. Um, I think he's holding his own. I think that some of the stats we see, some of the analytics we see, they're kind of cherry-picked. You know, If you look at the overall body of work, I don't think he's been a great player. I don't, even, I don't think he's been very good. I would say he's been good, and good for a seventh-round pick. Pretty darn solid, right? There's yeah. no doubt about that. Absolutely. Jennifer said uh, Rogers did have great receivers. Absolutely, Jennifer. We appreciate you hopping in here tonight for sure. Um, let's do this. Uh, actually, let's look at Doug real quick, then we'll go to the rest of the show here. Doug says, Rogers didn't care so much for speed as precision route running. He trusted Cobb and Lazard. His departure is for the best with the young wide receiver core. Loves more easy going. You know, I heard Jason Wildy say the other day on his show, uh, on Wildy and Tausch, he said – I wish Aaron would have been a little more patient and just thought, what if I come back with this team? What can this receiving core be, right, with these these moves that they're going to make and, and the the new draftees and all that? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he kind of regrets it. He, he'll never say it. He'll never say it. But I bet if you, uh, if you were to get a couple of daddy sodas in 012 or 08, I'm sorry, and ask him, hey, man, uh, if you could do it all over again, would you still go to the Jets? I just about guarantee you he'd say, no, nah, I'd have probably stuck around in Green Bay and just, just gotten along with Goody, you know? 
Um, what do you what do you think, Tim? You think, think you think so. you got a little regret there, man? I think so. I mean, you know, or or just hung it up and retired, you know, like he had said he had considered also. Um, but hey, you know, it's just like I said about Brett, you know, Brett wanted to keep playing, and that's really what it boils down to. Rogers felt like he could continue to play. You know, the relationship soured. It is what it is. The rest is history. Um, you know, that was tough to see him go down like that, you know, three snaps in or four snaps in to the season. Um, but hey, we get this other story too, right? You know, like, can this guy come back? I mean, I, I don't, I think the Jets are pretty much out of playoff contention, but who knows? Um, uh, but just the fact that this guy's practicing, you know, like he's not 28, he's, you know, pushing 40 here. <laughs> like, that's pretty impressive. Uh, that type of injury this late in his career to, to rehab and actually make a go at it. And uh, I think if he rehabs it well and feels as good as he's saying he is, I don't see there, there being a reason why he doesn't come back next year. Um, but I do think, you know, to answer your question, I think he he would have, you know, looking back, he probably wish uh, maybe he handled things a little different. And also, you know, maybe management did as well. You know, there's you, you can't absolve everyone from this year. I, you know, both sides had their had their issues in this relationship. Usually a relationship breaks down a little bit of both sides is <laughs> involved in that. So uh, I'm with you. I think he would have uh, probably liked to stay in green Bay. You always yeah. said that, right? Clayton, you always said he wanted to, you know, play with one team. So yeah, I think. He no, he did. And, you know, I, I see that whole situation very different than, than some Packer fans. I've heard some people say, no, he retired. He said his mom was made up. And then when, he found out that they may be interested in trading him. That's when he decided he wanted to play. That's not what he said on the McAfee show. Yep. Uh, simply what he said was he went into the darkness retreat thinking 90 for, or 90% retired. And then he said at some point during the retreat, he, he said, I, you know, I spent one whole day kind of trying to imagine my life with football or without football. And then if I came back, what it would take. And he said, I don't know what happened. Something changed. And I came out you know, wanting to play football. And then I looked at my phone and realized, holy cow, he's been shopping me. Dude, he's been shopping me. Um, and that's when he said, okay, I'm done. I want to play for the Jets. So, um, it, you know, no big deal either way. He'll be back in Green Bay. I love that even though there was bad blood there, they both kind of, you know, handled it the mature way, both being Rodgers and Goody and just deciding, hey, look, you know what? Let's uh let's just call it quits here, and we'll meet back up in a few years and hang that number twelve up there on the facade and bring you home, right? Um, That's right. I thought they both handled it as good as they could. It's just it's part of the game, you know. Um, would yeah. I have done it that way? No, but uh, you know, we may be looking up in two years and going, "Good thing I'm I'm not the general manager because love's a real deal." That would be absolutely awesome, right? Uh, for sure. Let's see. Uh, Omer says Goody's going to have like fifteen picks in the upcoming draft. It's as good as his last two. If it's as good as his last two, we'll be in the NFC Championship game by next season. I'll tell you, man, this this draft class he just landed, Omer. I can't. It's hard for me to disagree with you, man. It looks like he hit on some gems. It's early, but it looks like he definitely hit on some gems. Let's see here. Uh, Mike Hebring in the chat says sixty five percent. Those were the days. Sixty five percent. Sixty five percent. Those were the days, my friend. Everybody topping in 65%. Now, I'm not going to keep doing this, guys. Y'all calm down in there, all right? <laughs> I'm going to be losing losing listeners because of you knuckleheads. And I know y'all are going, Clayton, you're the one who likes to push the button. Shut up. I got you. Let's do this, Tim. Let's. Uh, first of all, we got a bunch of people in here. Hit that like button for us if you like this kind of content, if you like uh, following the Packers. Uh, we, uh, we go live 
most of the time twice a day for a morning show and an evening show. We'd love to have you guys tune back in. Don't worry about notifications. We won't bother you with those, but hit that uh, hit that like button for us tonight so other Packer fans can find it. Um, so as we're talking about, you know, uh, McKinnon being out, you know, and then obviously Savage being activated, all that stuff. We were talking earlier today, Tim, about, you know, this blitz-heavy Chiefs defense and uh, and how they may try to attack the Packers and what the counterpunch should be. You know, we mentioned that Elton Jenkins has just been absolutely lighting it up. Uh, you know, obviously 86.7 pass blocking grade since week eight, third among all offensive linemen. So it seems like he's starting to find his footing coming off of that injury now. Um, so that's great news for the Packers. But also another way that you can attack that blitz, and it's kind of what Steno said the other day in his presser, got to get the ball out quick, man. Got to get the ball out in your receiver's hands real quick. And I think it starts with this guy right here. Um, PFF Green Bay Packers at PFF underscore Packers tweeted this out, said Jaden Reed in the slot this season, 16.6 yards per reception. Guys, that's first in the NFL, the entire National Football League. Rookie Jaden Reed, rookie second round pick Jaden Reed is leading the NFL with 16.6 yards per reception. He's got four touchdowns out of the slot. That's tied for second best as a slot receiver and 381 yards out of the slot that's tied for eight, or that is eighth. So uh, Jaden Reed, Tim, he's a cheat code, man. Got it. You know, we talked, it's funny, last night we talked about this, right? We talked about how the end, the end around, the, the, uh, the reverses, the jet sweeps. I don't think I've still got it here. I deleted it. But just talking about how effective he's been in the running game, right? I think he leads – I think they said he leads the Packers with uh, with touches behind the line of scrimmage with six, I think, and talked about the, productive, the productivity he's had doing that. But working out of the slot, man, I didn't expect this. I know he's had a good year, Tim, but I didn't expect to see he was first in the league out of the slot with 16.6 yards per reception, man. Yeah, and absolutely. And we talk about him being more than just a slot guy. You know, he's a more complete receiver. He's not a one dimensional receiver, but certainly finding a lot of success in our offense out of the slot. And, uh, you know, I say early and often, let's uh, let's hammer them throws and let's get them involved. Uh, I think you're right, too. Uh, you know, being used behind the line of scrimmage, we can probably go back and look at the targets and see them increase after the Aaron Jones injury. Um, you can kind of see that he kind of picked up some of the slack, a lot of those short passes. And uh, so even some of those runs probably would have been uh, Aaron Jones um, if he was on the field. So it, it allowed uh, us to go to our rookie and, hey, see see if he's got another attribute to his game. And sure enough, he does. Um, yeah, he's a threat running the ball. He's a threat catching the ball. And, and of course, he's a yak monster, right? I mean, get him that ball in space. Hell, get him the ball not in space. He's great in traffic. Just get him the ball, Tim. Get him the freaking ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, like you said, you know, you get him his motor going, and he he becomes a problem for a, for a defense. Yeah, watch out for Scoot. Watch out for Rome. Watch out for, I mean, you know, Dontavian Wicks. I mean, we've got weapons. So, uh, yeah, Jaden Reed is, um, you know, dare I say uh, – He's certainly a Packers rookie of the year candidate, in my opinion, for sure. Now, obviously, probably not league-wide rookie of the year candidate, but uh, certainly an electric player and uh, someone who's going to have a very, very bright future in this league and hopefully is a career Green Bay Packer for sure. Don't let this guy go. Yeah, and not only what he's doing on the field his rookie year, but the way he called that receiver meeting at his locker the leadership he's already taken. Um, it's absolutely huge, man. When I was his age, I was a freaking knucklehead. 
<laughs> this dude just seems like he's he's upbeat. He's a spark plug. He's you know everybody loves him, right? He's just one of those guys. And on top of that, he's assuming a little bit of a leadership role. Um, I can just see he and and Jordan Love kind of being that Rogers Cobb, you know what I mean? That Favre driver type combination. Um, and you throw in a little Tay Wicks if he continues to to uh, build off his route running where he's already at in his release package. You got Christian Watson stretching the field on the vertically on the outside and on the on the deep crossers. You got Romeo Dobbs on the 50-50 balls in the red zone when they're really stacking the box. It, this could be a special unit. It could. Don't forget about our boy Malik Heath too. Hey, you bro, know, Malik Heath at least a solid possession receiver for sure at this point. If he if he gets ten snaps tomorrow. If he gets 10 snaps, I would not be surprised if he ends up with a touchdown. I mean, that's that's how effective he was. Now, watch him come out. He'll get 10 snaps and have seven drops or something. <laughs> you yeah, <watch>. right. <laughs> but oh, that, man. that last Let's game was that. a lot of fun, man. You could tell that, that Love – one thing about Jordan, he's not trying to key in on one guy when he needs a play. You know, he did that earlier with Christian Watson, was forcing the ball into coverage and getting the ball batted around and intercepted. Um, he's kind of took a step back. It literally took one game, one step back during one game, stopped forcing the ball to Christian Watson, and everything opened up. Lo and behold, the very next game, Christian Watson has his breakout game. But, yeah, you're right on Malik Heath, man. Um, he God, he looked good. His hands looked real strong, man. There's yeah, no doubt about it. Good uh, big physical receiver, too, you know. Yes, we, need a, we need a physical receiver like that. Um, we talk about Rome being that guy, too. You know, he, he's our contested catch guy for sure. Um, but Malik Heath, man, I just I'm waiting to see him catch one and just turn and lower to boom on one of these defenders, man. You know, um, he's just a strong, strong physical receiver and perfect complement to guys like Tay Wicks and, and Jaden Reed, you know. Yeah. And, you know, blocking. Come on, dude. Blocking people no. to the cooler. Like, yeah, he's he knows this is his shot. And like I said, he's had some personal issues uh, off the field in college and that's what kind of forced his stock down. And, you know, sometimes it's all, all you need. These guys just need a second chance. Right. And they're not going to let it pass on by. Who knows, man, he could be something special. Dead fish in the chat said, if Jaden Reed averages his 3.2 receptions for the rest of the season, he will break Sterling Sharp's rookie record for receptions. 56. He thinks how cool would that be to break Sterling Sharp's rookie reception record? That would be, I mean, that would be phenomenal, dude. Luke Musgrave was on pace to to break it, wasn't he? He was on pace to break the tight end uh, reception record as well. A bunch of records for rookie tight ends. Sucks that he got hurt, but that would be cool with Jaden Reed, Tim. I think it'd be especially impressive considering the offense that Jaden Reed is playing on right now with the amount of targets that are out there. Um, you know, that's not a not a knock on the eighties Packers or anything. Well, kind of is. Um, you know, Sterling Sharp was pretty much that dude. Um, right away, you know, as far I mean, I'm an 80s baby, so my memory's a little foggy, but Sterling Sharp was the first, you know, one of the first Packers I remember cheering for as a little kid, and um, certainly the highlight of that Packers offense, and, you know, to see this Packers offense, it's like, you know, pick a highlight, because there's a lot of them, so the fact that he's getting the targets and the catches that that he is on this offense, where we're spreading the ball around like this, is just super impressive and i think it goes without saying i, I i'll take the over on 3.2 receptions tomorrow night for Jaden reed no problem <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think you'll have any problem taking that for sure badger trio in the chat said could you could you imagine packers winning it all next season 
and having pick 32 in Green Bay. How cool would that be, bro? If somehow, some way, you could put together a Super Bowl run next year and then come out the very next draft you're hosting it, have the Lombardi, the new Lombardi ride on stage. I'm listening. There's some people rolling their eyes going, guys, we're we are way far away from winning another championship. A lot of people looking at it that way in 2010. I know y'all keep hearing me say that. I'm just I'm just pointing out the facts. Um, that would be absolutely awesome. So stop getting my hopes up, Badger Trio. Uh, <laughs> Next year, I'm talking about this year. Hey, right? hey, we we get in the playoffs, man. That's the best Never thing about know. the NFL. Your record doesn't mean squat. The minute the playoffs start, your season doesn't matter. It's a new season, win or go home. And all you got to do is get addicted to winning, and you can get a championship. We've seen it. We've seen it before, right? Yeah. So I'm going to be Mr. Positive. As long as we're in the mix, we we could compete this year. You know, go ahead, roll your eyes. I can see all the eyes rolling. I can see people laughing at me. That's all right. We're we're uh, hey, what we we get up to almost sixty five percent chance of making the playoffs with a dub tomorrow night. So Just anything's saying. possible, guys. Anything's yep. possible. And when it happens, you first person you're going to think of is Tim, right? <laughs> and this this immediately this is this should be. Uh, if I could find it here, I was gonna, I was gonna hit it. This should be your reaction too when you realize it. When it hits you tomorrow, and you go, "Oh, wait, Tim was right." Whoop, whoop. Here I come. Right there, <laughs> That's it's gonna be. Uh, Badger Trio said, "So cool." Uh, stat: If the Packers win tomorrow night, we will jump into the last wild card spot as we hold the tiebreaker over Seattle due to conference record. So, win tomorrow, all of a sudden, bang, we are technically in the wild card. That's absolutely awesome. If you if you had said that to me, Nick, five weeks ago, I'd say you are smoking crack, my friend. Put the pop down, right? So cool how quick things can change in the NFL for sure. Paul Robertson takes a little shot in here. Says AFAM calls O'Mare during halftime to ask him what his favorite play was. <laughs> <laughs> God, y'all ain't right, man. Y'all ain't right, man. Um, let's see. Look at Mike Hebring in here, dude. Being positive says they absolutely. They can win the Super Bowl next year. I'll be expecting it. There like we go. That. I like that. I like Hello, that. Hello, listeners, man. It's Absolutely. so cool to jump in here and talk a little ball and not get depressed. You know what I'm saying? Other yep. than when Omer's in here uh, letting me know why I'm stupid and uh, and and ranting on everybody in the chat like this. I know this, Omer. Um I appreciate the work you've done on putting some of those uh, some of that information together for me for the playoffs and stuff. And uh, I love the fact that you have changed your profile pick and not went back in a while, right? I promise you guys this, though. If for some reason this team starts to struggle again, that picture of Joe Barry will be switched back to crying the floor. I guarantee it. <laughs> I guarantee it. But, uh, no, nah, I love you guys, man, how you guys uh, give each other a rough time, and it's awesome. Um, one thing I wanted to hit on, Tim, when you look at the run rate for the Chiefs, and this kind of hit me earlier, they don't run the ball a whole lot, man. You know, I'm looking at our pass rush. I think we would all agree our pass rush is one of the strengths of this Joe Barry defense. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith both having great years. Uh, Kenny Clark has been a, an absolute monster the last few weeks rushing the passer. Um, you got, you know, just a number of different different uh, things that have come into play. Carl Brooks, another one that's getting after the passer, right? And uh, when you look at their run rate for the Chiefs, they run the ball only 32% of the time compared to us, guys. You know, our, our running game has just been absolute booty cheeks this year, right? We're running the ball 37% of the time. 
they're running the ball 32% of the time. So obviously you do the quick math, they're passing the ball 67% of the time. There should be, and I say should very, very lightly or loosely, I should say, um, there should be ample opportunities to get after the passer tomorrow night. And I know someone asked here in the chat, I'm trying to remember who it was, asked, do you think we would run a lot of cover two tomorrow night? Um, I've lost it. I think it might have been Nick. I can't remember who it was. Anyway, when you say cover two, I would say no. I think they're going to be in too high shell, if that's what you're talking about, um, kind of forcing things underneath and keeping everything in front of them. I think it's going to be a very much so a, a bend but don't break type of defense that we're going to run. Although you never know, man, we may come out and run a little cover one and bring five consistently with Quay on that that dog blitz, that green dog blitz up the middle, that type of thing. Um, but with that run percentage, though, Tim, I wanted to point that out because I think we're going to have, like I said, ample opportunity to get after the quarterback. And it's important for me because when you look at how this team has played against the pass, interior defensive linemen, okay, Ross Uglum actually tweeted these numbers out. Packers interior, in, interior defensive linemen ranks – in pass rush win rate in November with a minimum of 95. That's the qualifier, okay? Kenny Clark is number two in the NFL. Carl Brooks is number 18, and Devontae White is number 28. Guys, that's not even including Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. Like, I mean, this is how this team is built. And you guys know I've been as critical as anyone about Goody saying we need we need that solid three tech, that one tech that can play the run and the pass. We don't have that. Kenny's great rushing the quarterback he's not that great in the run that's why we're giving up you know so much so many run yards um is because people aren't playing gap scout gap sound they're they're uh you know missing tackles all those things but tim when it comes to getting after the quarterback bro i mean we are all over it dude um what do you think about these numbers right here man the interior defensive line of carl brooks let's go dude yeah man absolutely jacob again hit that one out of the park he saw that one coming a mile away and um you know, we talked about consistency, right? And we're starting to see a little bit of that. Um, and Kenny Clark, man, clearly just, man, just stepping his game up these last two, three weeks, man. Um, we talked about his 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 grade kind of being in the crapper this year a little bit. And, um, you know, Kenny's doing those little things, right? Getting the hand up, batting balls down, you know, great moves. Uh, the technique looks like he's cleaning up his technique um, at the line. And then, yeah, you know, big TJ. I love TJ Slayton, man. When he's on, that dude is on. And, uh, you know, Devontae Wyatt, too. Talk about, you know, somebody with a high ceiling, right? Someone that we can look forward to uh, seeing him develop, uh, continue to develop in the future here, along with uh, Carl Brooks um, on this young front. Yeah, man, if they get after it consistently, if this front shows up like it did against Detroit, I cannot wait to see Mahomes running for his life. Yeah. Of course, that can that can get you lit up too, knowing Pat Mahomes. But you know, if our our defense can play complementary, you know, together, if the front plays good and the back end holds up, I think we'll be all right. Um, you know, but uh, it is it is a tough thing because you, you know you want to get pressure to the quarterback, but you also have a quarterback who, you know, eats pressure up and puts guys in a blender on a regular basis. So uh, we have to be ready. We have to be ready for him uh, stepping up and out. Uh, quickly or dumping that ball off right real quickly we talked about what we have to do against kansas city's pressure it's no different for them you know if we're bringing the heat and that pockets collapse and you know mahomes is going to change the arm angle and he's going to get it out so everybody's got to be on their p's and q's tomorrow night yeah no doubt about it man
Chat's lighting up right now. Omer in the chat says, LVN actually been doing well against the run. Uh, Badger Trio points out, Van Ness closing speed is nuts. Um, and then uh, Badger Trio said, could you imagine Gary coming off one side with Van Ness on the other in year in a year or two? I feel sorry for that team quarterback. You could tell that's the vision that Goody has for this pass rush. There's no doubt about it. And if Devontae Wyatt continues to improve on his pass rush, Carl Brooks continues to improve. Um, if Kenny Clark's still around and he's getting after the QB, imagine Van – I mean, and don't rule Preston Smith out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pre- he may be one of those guys kind of like a – I'm not saying he's a, a Hall of Fame. I'm not even saying he's in the conversation. Please don't take this the wrong way. But Julius Peppers, you know, who obviously is a, a future Hall of Famer, no doubt, he was a little long in the tooth and continued to get after the quarterback too. So you can't rule out Preston Smith. Um, hanging around for a little bit and being successful in that and regard too. Preston Smith is quietly having himself a year too. And and a lot of it doesn't show up in the PFF. It's not showing up on the stat sheet, but it's showing up in the film room and you're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, his pressure causing other things to happen uh, and, and teammates being able to, you know, get, not, get out there and get after it because of what he's doing. Um, and again, another one of those few and far between veteran leaders on this team, and uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about Preston Smith. He doesn't get a lot of uh, a lot of love and a lot of attention like some of the other guys do. And I almost think he enjoys it. I almost think he pervert prefers that that kind of reserved role and going out there and just doing doing the right thing, doing my job, and being that uh, steady Eddie as we call him. So uh, yeah, definitely shout out to Preston Smith, man, an, an absolute anchor uh, for this Packers defense and, and a guy that we could have let walk a couple of years ago, right? right? Someone that maybe. Maybe we didn't end up retaining him. I'm certainly glad that we did. Um, and he's, uh, you know, another guy proven Goody right at this point. You know, he's been solid for us. Absolutely, man. Definitely. Carly Ray in the chat said, I thought cover two and two high shell were the same thing. So the difference, Carly Ray, when you talk about a two high shell, and, and for those of you listening, I appreciate you hanging out with us. Hit that like button. Uh, for us here on YouTube so other people could find this stream, other Packer fans. Uh, Carly Ray, so when you talk about a two-high shell, you're talking about pre-snap, two safeties being on the shelf, okay? Basically two two safeties deep, right? A cover two is when you have two safeties covering deep and they're each responsible for half the field, okay? That's a cover two. If you go cover four, you've got, you know, typically you don't have four deep. You just have shell look, Okay. Shell is too high safety. The corners will be anywhere from five to seven yards off the ball. And when you play quarters, they're all, if you play like country quarters, spot drop, right? They call it country quarters. They call it spot drop. They just call it quarters. Basically, the corners on the outside have a quarter of the field. The safeties have the middle quarter of the field, okay, the middle quarter. So you're breaking it down into fourths, right? And everybody's got a quarter they're responsible for. So cover two is the two, and you can run a cover two invert where the safety will rotate down and a corner will drop deep, and he's responsible for half, right? But a cover two is real simple. Cover two defense is two two defenders deep, and they're responsible for the deep half of the field, okay? That's what that means. Now, you can run what we call cover two man or two man under, where you've got two safeties dropping deep. They're responsible for deep halves, and everyone underneath is actually playing man coverage, right? That's a very, very aggressive defense in stopping the pass, you're just trying to get a four-man rush home. And, and sometimes you'll bring a fifth man. If, if the running back stays in, then you'll fire what we call a green dog blitz, which is essentially the guy who is responsible for man covering the running back. If the running back stays in, just blitz, 
put another another hand in the, in the quarterback's face. So you could show a too high shell, and then the ball snap. They do what we call a um, you know like a late rotation, what they call spinner. Okay, where one of those safeties will spin down into the box, and they'll cover underneath, and you'll just have three deep, which essentially means. One of those safeties, it'll it'll rotate. They'll spin. Okay, I know it's kind of hard to see both my hands here. They'll spin. One will rotate deep. The other will rotate down. And he's got a middle zone. You'll also see a spinner where you'll show a two high shell where it's cover one man, and that's what they call cover one robber. This migraine is kicking my rear end right now. I'm sorry, <laughs> trying trying to hold this together. So when you got a, a cover one spinner or a cover one robber, uh, basically a robber is a safety that's on the shelf that rotates down to cover middle zone in conjunction with man coverage underneath. And you've got the other safety that's going to spin up high. Okay. So that's the difference between cover two and two high shell. Think of it this way. Cover two is the actual play call, right? That's the end result. You've got two guys deep responsible for half the field each. A two high shell is a pre-snap look. So when Rogers talked about the shell a lot, he would come to the line and he'd see that two high shell what it basically says is can't go down the field here, right, unless they spin. And that's why it's important, in my opinion, the most important aspect of this Joe Barry defense from the Fangio tree is you're always showing, not always, not this year, that's for darn sure, but most of the time you're showing too high shell. So the quarterback has to acknowledge, okay, I can't go deep here. Now, post-snap, things change. You can take your shot, right? Um, but it just forces the quarterback to think a little bit. A little bit, uh, a little bit deeper post snap. So, awesome! I see you guys in the chat. That made sense. Good stuff. Um, yeah, Paul. Someone else said that too. I can't remember if it was Jacob or who, but they said uh, should put some sunglasses on. Light reduction often reduces the migraine intensity. People are saying they got some kind of glasses for people that are on screen a lot. I'm getting way too much screen time. You guys know we're doing two, three pods a day, so um, that's what it is. You see me over blinking like a crackhead. It, it's starting to get to me, to be honest with you. But uh, that's why I'll kill the the cam every now and again too. But, um, yeah, hey, you're very welcome, Carly. Glad we could answer that. And if you guys listen, I'm not saying that I'm the grand poobah of football knowledge here. Like, if you guys read somewhere else, you hear somewhere else, another coaching staff calls it something else, feel free to fire that in here. That's the only way we all learn. And I promise you this, the only thing that stays the same about the National Football League and pro football is everything changes constantly. There's always trying to trying to find the next big thing, all that stuff. So, um, yeah. This is, a, this is a fun conversation. Tim, we're at the 56-minute mark. Uh, you got a few minutes left in here? Yeah, absolutely, man. Do you? <laughs> I do. We're going to muscle through here. I wanted, I wanted to hit on this because I wanted to play you guys this video too. So Rashawn Gary here, um, appreciate you guys in the chat, man. You guys are awesome. Uh, Rashawn Gary, this tweet went out from the Green Bay Packers. said, Rashawn Gary is the first Packers player to have three sacks and two forced fumbles in the same game since Aaron Campman versus New Orleans on September 17th, 2006. So I want you to think about what that says there, Tim. Like, that's the first time that's happened in almost 20 years, right? What was that, 17 years? Am I thinking yep. right? Yep. When you start doing stuff that hasn't happened in over a decade, over 15 years, almost two decades, that's you're seeing something special, right? And Rashawn Gary has emerged as this leader of the locker room. There's no doubt about it. No two ways about it. Um, I'm so excited about Rashawn Gary. It, it crushed me when he tore that ACL in a contract year. Um, you know, you, they picked up the fifth year option. It's like, okay, 
they're going to make him prove that he can come back healthy, right? And it sucks for a player. It's just like, man, that could not have happened at a worse time. For him to bust his rear, you know how easy it would have been to say, nope, listen, I'm not pushing this. I'm not pushing this. I'm going to make sure I protect my career. I'm going to come back when I'm ready, and I'm going to get my money. This dude worked himself back sooner rather than later for the for the good of the team. And how many times have you heard him talk about it this year, saying things like, I just wanted to be out there with the guys. I just wanted to be out there with the guys. Like Tim, man, it, it's it's so special. This dude is amazing. He, he wears his heart on his sleeve and puts fear in the quarterback's heart. Dude, it's just so freaking proud of Rashawn Gary and, and the fact that he's on the Packers, man. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's it too. You know, proud of uh <clears throat> excuse me, proud of the Packers for giving him the bag, you know, like he he earned it. And you're right, he could have tucked tucked his tail and folded in a contract year with a serious injury like that. Bane Gary's tough, man. That is one tough son of a gun. And uh the absolute definition of a, a guy you want on your defense, right? You know, a team player. It's not about him, it's about this team, you know, and he loves being a Packer. And uh, he's a lead by example guy, but you know, Rashawn's also a, a rah-rah guy when he needs to be too. He'll fire, fire that locker room up, you know, and uh, we need that, especially with a young team. You need those example setters and uh, yeah, Rashawn, uh, you know, cracking into the history books, you know, that that's always a good thing too, right? When you're, like you said, you're seeing things we haven't seen in a couple decades. I can't wait to watch him do it again. You know, maybe it'll be uh four sacks and three force fumbles next time. Who knows? Right. Um, maybe we'll get a tip ball and a pick six for a tutter from Rashawn or something. You know, I'm, I cannot oh wait to just see. You know, I keep thinking of that play. We were close there in uh, on the backwards pass. We were close in Pittsburgh, um, you know, and Rashawn was right in there blowing it up, um, you know, and I don't care what anyone says, man. I've, I've heard him referred to as just an edge rusher and one dimensional. Uh, I ain't buying it, man. Rashawn's, you know, continues to get better, you know, as he progresses through his career. And uh, we are, we're blessed to have him on the Green Bay Packers and uh, grateful for sure. Oh, no doubt about it. So this video was on Packers Daily on uh, Packers.com. You can find it on their YouTube channel. You can find it on their Twitter account as well. You can watch it for free there. Make sure you go give it a like, retweet it. Really cool video. I thought it was awesome that they had Rashawn Gary sit down with Larry McCarron uh, the Rock, you know, uh, played center for the Packers forever. Team leader, just one of those type of guys. He knows what it's like to go up against a a, a great, you know, defensive lineman, uh, pass rusher. He knows what it takes to stop those guys. I thought this was a really cool one-on-one conversation. It's about four minutes long, but it's definitely worth the wait. Let's hit it, and then we'll wrap this big bear up. Is brought to you by Brew Pub, lots of matzo pizza. Let's go back to Thanksgiving Day. You're at Ford Field, and a little more than a year ago, in a game at that location, you suffer a season-ending knee injury. And it was a season you were having a career year. And now you're back, you're sitting in the locker room before the game, and you were thinking, what? There's a lot of up and down um, feelings from me not wanting to be there, from me telling myself to not think back. I know the exact spot, the exact time of the game, where it happened, where it was at, and you know, walking out to the field doing warm-ups, I, you know, I walked past the spot. So it was a lot of me just you know, keeping out my head, um, uh, believing in my high power, and um, just basically trusting in my family, just keeping me calm and just letting my abilities take over. 
Snap to Goff, under pressure immediately. Steps up, hit as he throws the left side, and they're calling it a fumble. Under pressure, and he's hit and sacked. Hit as he gets the throw. Ball came loose. Rashawn Gary. Might it have been Rashawn Gary's best game as a Green Bay Packer. And that's saying something, but don't be modest. Yeah, um, I for sure would put it up there as one of the best games I have played, but, you know, I'm only getting better. So you get off the field, head to the locker room, you're checking your phones. What were people saying? Um, first off, I always go back and I check my mom's text message, my sister's text message. You know, the first thing that she told me was I'm proud of you. Um, not a lot of people understand what that means to me, going back to that field. You know, where you know, I had a, my major injury. And, you know, just to say, you know, she's proud of me, understanding, you know, how tough it was mentally to, you know, stay locked in, not get in my head, and to go out there and, you know, produce and actually have a game like that. You know, it's just nothing but hard work and my high power. Now, during your rehab, you said your mission was to come back better than ever. Now, I watched the tape. Mission accomplished. You have come back better than ever. What I want to know is during that journey to back better than ever, did you learn anything? Everybody says, um, you know, you don't know what you have until you lose it. And I found out well, over a year ago what that feeling truly means. So coming through the rehab process is for sure it taught me patience and also to be thankful for everything. You guys have now won three of four records up to five and six, and people on all the talking head shows are mentioning the Packers and playoffs in the same breath. From your perspective, what does the future hold? What lies ahead for the 2023 Green Bay Packers? What do you think? Hey, what lies ahead is everything we want. You know, like you said, we five and six, we're still a team that has you know, playoff uh, contingent. And all we gotta do is keep winning week in and week out how we've been doing and keep on improving, man. Um, we don't have to do nothing extra. We just gotta keep on fighting the full 60 minutes how we've been and making sure every play that we take is perfect. The snap to Mahomes. Mahomes in the pocket looking under Gary. pressure. Hit by Rashawn Gary and down he goes. Rashawn, you have actually sacked Patrick Mahomes back in 21. You probably remember that. Two-part question. What's the secret to getting that done? And are you anxious to lay some more hits on him? Yeah, uh, the secret to getting that done is, uh, you know, we got to come out, you know, all 11. And we have to do our 111. Everybody got to do their job. Because we, we understand the quarterback that's coming in. We understand the offense that's coming in. Uh, Super Bowl winning team, um, they're the Super Bowl champions coming back uh, for the season. So we understand what we have ahead of us. We understand what we have to do. But the secret sauce is everybody just got to believe and play 111 how we've been doing. And yeah, of course, I'm anxious to get back there to uh, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, what a phenomenal job by Larry McCarron, man. Hey, shout um, out to the Packers production team too, man. Hey, they're good, good, some bangers in there, man. Some good music. That that was uh that was perfect for that. They are up in their game big time. Kudos to the Packers uh broadcast team, and it just I love it, dude. Love it. You're starting to see things kind of come together. It's really cool, man. Um, but Gary, 
Tim, what do you think, dude? That that guy is just I, I he's love what you want a team leader. I said it a few weeks ago. I was like everybody's saying this team doesn't know they don't have an identity. They've got an identity. People just don't want to accept it. The identity is this is a defensive team. This is a team. Their strength right now is their defense. And Rashawn Gary is the I mean, he is the tip of that spear, dude. That's that's the identity of this team, man. I think it was just great to see him say what what I just mentioned before, you know, I'll, I'm only getting better. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's the attitude you want. You never want a guy in your locker room thinking that he's there already. All the greats always tell you that they have to improve and they're trying to get better every day. And again, great motivation, great leadership when you're surrounded by rookies and second year players, that's the type of guy you want. I mean, I can just imagine, can you imagine being on that team and you know, you're showing up, you walk into the weight room for your, your morning workout and Rashawn's already been in there for an hour and he's over there pouring sweat and you're looking at him and you're seeing that example and you're, you're going to try and match that intensity and that dedication and that fire. That's how you spawn greatness in, in your team. Right. You know, and you, you'll have guys that'll find something inside that they didn't even know they had. And, uh, it takes a, a good teammate like that, that can bring that out of you. And, um, so proud that he's a Packer and, uh, so proud of, you know, you look at Rashawn, man, every every single bit of adversity that man's ever faced in his life, he's overcome, like, period. He's he's gotten through it, and he's gotten stronger and better on the other side of it. And uh, just absolutely proud that he's a Green Bay Packer, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Goody absolutely crushed that pick. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. Um, just so glad he's a Packer. Like, it's what we talked about with Josiah DeGuar the other day as well, man. You know, him, Tucker Craft saying he beats me to the facility every single day. It's impossible to beat him into the facility. You got those type of guys that are glued to this team. Now, you the reason that that Gary is is even more, I don't want to say important. I don't think one player is more important than the other, although there's probably fans going, the hell they ain't. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. the fact that Gary is just playing at the top of his game, right? And he's that example, that's the home run. And that's what you're looking for, a cultural culture overhaul uh, on your football team. Uh, Jerry Weiss Corbley here in the chat says, uh, thank you for the super chat, Jerry. We appreciate it. She said, thanks for taking, thanks for talking Packers with a migraine Clayton and for explaining things like the middle eight. You're very welcome, Jerry. And uh, again, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for contributing to the show. And um, yeah, the middle eight was something that I learned from Michael Lombardi and it never really hit me before. You know, you, you 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 think about how important it is to get a score right before halftime and then come out with the momentum in the second half and try to capitalize on that momentum you built. Um, and he did it perfectly by calling it the middle eight. I went, there it is. That's what I've been feeling watching that, you know, that time going into halftime and coming out mm -hmm. of it. Hey, you're very welcome, Jerry. Thank you so much for the kind words. We appreciate it. Um, Doug here in the chat says, uh, those glasses have a rose-colored tint. Perfect for Bear, Joe Barry's number one apologist. LOL. Seriously, there, Rose got <laughs> that would be that would actually be a good spin, wouldn't it? Had the Joe Barry fat head back here, right? Over over my shoulder with that grin, you know, that smile he had to Rashawn Gary in the locker room. And uh had the rose colored oh man, we gotta make that happen. <laughs> on Amazon tonight. You kidding me? Uh no, nah, but I appreciate that, man. That's that's hilarious. And then uh I, I hope I'm saying this right. Margin, Margin Cron said uh I'm gatekeeping screen time here uh, with the uh, the hand up emoji and the police. Uh, <laughs> Got to stop. All right, I'm getting off here. I will. I promise. Um, appreciate you guys being concerned. Though. I shouldn't have even mentioned it. 
I definitely don't I don't want to do that for attention or anything. It's just I wanted you guys to know what's going on. Like Clayton hadn't been over here hitting the pop. I'm over here going, I can't hold this together. <laughs> so and uh Boz, thank you so much for the donation, buddy. You're always you're way too kind to us, man. We appreciate Boz, always supporting, man. Appreciate yeah. that. You guys are great, man, for sure. You got the best listeners ever, and uh can't thank you guys enough. Let's get out of here, Tim. That way I can I'm literally going right over here to the other room. And I'm pulling the the blackout curtains where I can't see a thing, and I'm just crashing. Got hoodie over your head and just curl up. <laughs> it is nine o'clock Eastern time, and Papaw Bailey's calling it a night. So there you go. Uh, any parting thoughts, Tim? Hey, get get some rest, man. Uh, looking forward to talking ball with you tomorrow. Uh, hope you kick that migraine, brother. That's my final thoughts. We we need you at hundred percent, man. Appreciate you grinding through. Uh, we got plenty of time to talk ball. Big day tomorrow. Lot on the lot on the uh, itinerary, and we got all day to to do it. So um, get you some rest, Clayton. Thanks for being here. We we all appreciate you, bro. Now I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Tim, for for hopping on too. Omer in the chat says, "I want a Joe Barry autograph PTA Posse Diesel mug." I love how the autograph changes every show from Omer. <laughs> it's absolutely awesome. All right, we're gonna get out of here, guys. Really appreciate everybody hanging out with us. So I think what the plan is. Please don't be mad at me. I'm trying to decide good morning Lambo or do a pregame show. I think it would be better served to do a pregame show. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to wait an hour and a half before kickoff. I can't, I'm going to try to do the math here. It's a 7:20 kickoff, I believe. Right, Tim? 7:20 central. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we'll go live somewhere around 5:45 central time. That way we can lead up to the final roster actives and inactives and get you guys that information. And the goal is to end the pregame show 30 minutes before kickoff. So we'll kind of get you guys ramped up to, to the game. I think that would be better than just doing another one of these shows in the morning for good morning Lambo. So um, hopefully you're available for that, Tim. If so, man, I'd love to have you on here. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody says pregame show sounds good. Awesome. That's what yeah. we'll do then. And then, of course, we'll have the post-game show after. i got to get on this list and get you guys entered into that drawing for the autographed Dorsey Levens. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, they've got till midnight tonight, right, to, yeah. to to join. So if you guys aren't members, do that now. Get a chance to win that Dorsey Levens jersey. Yeah, that's for you the you Right as you go down and click that like button, too, for us real quick yeah. if, you're, if you're so inclined. <laughs> Look at Tim over here. Boy, become a professional. I love it. All right. And also, we got a got a shout out Packernet too, right? Packernet Podcast Network, man. Uh, you know, Best. Ryan and the fellas, man. We're uh, you know, that's the team right there. That's the family. So, um, you know, there we, go. we got the uh, we got the code up there, right up in the uh, upper right. I don't know which way I'm pointing. Don't pay attention to me. It's, scan it's the code. You see me? I'm pointing the jerseys over. I'm going which which way? <laughs> um, the Packernet a jig up there. Look like looks like me drawing when I was two years old. Yeah, <laughs> scan that the thing. Pack- the Packernet barcode is in the upper right of the cor- uh, corner of the screen. If you scan that code, they'll send you to Packernet Podcast, where you can find this show in podcast form, as well as other great shows like the It's Always Draft Season podcast, the original Packernet podcast by Ryan Schlipp, and Packernet mm-hmm. After Dark, our call-in show. So make sure you guys check that out as well. With that being said, we're out of here. Thank you guys so much for hanging out in the chat. Give a special thanks to the super chat there. Jerry Wise Corbley, thank you so much. And Boz, thank you for the donation. You guys are awesome. Y'all have a great night. We will uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow during the pregame show. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play on our in our offense.